Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks for finding us this week. We appreciate it on your various podcast platforms that you may be listening to us on. It's kind of been a somber week in the United States with the with the tragic school shooting in Texas. We do have Memorial Day weekend coming up, so make sure that you honor our veterans that have given the ultimate sacrifice um, throughout the weekend. I'm sure you, we all know somebody who's a veteran in our family or in our circle of friends, so make sure you thank those people as you see them throughout the weekend for their service and their uh, continued service for our freedom. So um, going to talk, we got a Good episode. We're going to talk to Steve Carney this week. Steve Carney works with MLB. He's also a Rays insider. He's a host of the Under the Orange Roof podcast. We're going to talk some baseball uh, nuggets, storylines and such from around the league. We are at about the quarter pole of the season, so we're going to get his thoughts on some various topics, teams, and storylines that are developing throughout Major League Baseball. So we'll get to Steve just in a few minutes. But before we get to Steve, I'm just going to give you a couple thoughts on uh, the school shooting as well as some NBA playoffs and NHL playoff stuff moving forward. First off, on the school shooting, again, tragic situation in Texas. Um, you know, no, no, no good words to say other than I'm going to say a couple things. No matter which side of the gun debate you are on, we can all agree. And if we can't agree, then you really need to take a look in the mirror. There needs to be some simple regulations put in place to minimize the probability of something like this happening. No law is going to prevent a school shooting or any kind of shooting, but there are some easy to be, things that can be put in place to make it difficult, more difficult for people to get such easy access to a weapon. I don't have any problem if somebody has a weapon, but there should be no reason in the world that an 18-year-old kid should be able to go out and buy two AR-15s on his birthday and then go mow down 20 kids at a, at a school less than a month later. So those kind of things have to be something we have to put some loopholes in and figure out some ways to better monitor that stuff um, and all that stuff. Because I can tell you this, for all the advocates that there shouldn't be any gun regulation, any regulations at all, two things, two points I'm, I'm, I will make and I'll be done. If this happened and a bunch of senators' children or senators' wives or senators' grandchildren were involved in a school shooting and they were killed, I can promise you within 10 minutes there would be legislation in place. If there was a school involving all those people's children, grandchildren, wives, sisters, brothers, whatever. There would be legislation signed in 10 minutes. 
That's a fact, undisputable. Two, after 9-11, when 9-11 happened, we made a lot of changes and regulation changes and we tightened up a lot of things in our security system that did not provide us as citizens as much freedoms as we had before. And not everybody loved it, but guess what? It's for the common good of the country. Common sense says after 9-11, we needed to tighten up certain security things and we all have to deal with it. We don't all love every bit of it, and I get it, but it's something that's good for everybody and good for the common sense of the country. And those are things that related to guns have to be addressed now. We are the only country in the free world that has all these gun issues and all these shooting massacre issues. Every other country in the world has mental health issues, has poverty issues, has racism issues, just like we do. But no other country in the world has as many gun issues as we're having. And not say, And again, nobody is advocating, and nor am I, to take anybody's guns away. But there have to be some easy, common-sense things put in place to make it hard for somebody to get a gun. An 18-year-old kid who can't drink a Budweiser down at the, at the, at the, at the, at the baseball game should not be able to go out and buy an automatic rifle on his 18th birthday. I'm sorry. Just like you can't go drive a vehicle when you're 14 years old. There are things in place for everybody that we all have to follow. And again, nobody should be able to go buy a gun at 18 years old, especially an automatic rifle. And there's no need for a military-grade weapon to be accessible for non-military things. And that's the problem. We don't ever have any mass killings related to anything other than guns. There are never any mass killings with a knife. There are never any mass killings with a baseball bat. We have those kind of deaths still. We have murders and we have things like that that happen occasionally. But the probability of that happening is so much less than we have with guns and weapons. And for these politicians who we elect, there are politicians to say, oh, I can't do anything or I don't want to do anything or I'm not coming off of this stance. But yet tomorrow, if their son or their daughter or their granddaughter were killed in a, in a school shooting, the laws would be changed faster than you can even imagine. So again, all I'm asking is be objective to the topic. Be objective to some common sense things that we can do to protect us all because eventually it's going to hit your neighborhood. May not be now, may not be for 10 years from now, but eventually it's going to hit your neighborhood where somebody you know is going to be the victim of something horrific like this. And it may not be a school shooting. It may be a shooting at a restaurant, maybe a shooting at a nightclub, maybe a shooting at a health club, maybe a shooting at a music concert, but it's going to happen eventually to somebody you know. All right. That's my that's my spiel on that. We could all do the right thing. There's nothing there's no reason why we can't do the right thing on some of these topics, especially this topic. All right, on to the field. NBA playoffs, Western Conference Final, Eastern Conference Finals are about to wrap up. Golden State up 3-1 on Dallas. I fully anticipate Golden State to win Game 5 on Thursday night. Um, Eastern Conference, Boston leads Miami 3-2, heading back to Boston Friday night. Miami is majorly depleted with injury issues. Butler, Hero, Lowry, all banged up. Um, 
too much firepower, I think, and too much defense for the Celtics with Tatum and Brown. I think the Celtics will wrap it up. I think it's going to have a Boston-Golden State final, which I think will be pretty entertaining. Both teams can score. Both teams are good defensively. So I think you'll have some close games finally. We've had some very, very poor games in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals from a competitive standpoint. Too many blowouts. Been a very unwatchable basketball playoff, in my opinion. NHL playoffs. About to get to the Conference Finals. Tampa Bay is waiting on the winner of New York and Carolina heading to Game 5. I expect I'm going to take the Rangers to find a way to get through. I think you're going to have a Rangers-Lightning Eastern Conference Final. In the West, you got you got, you got Calgary and uh, Edmonton battling it out. St. Louis and Colorado battling it out. Give St. Louis massive credit. They were down three games to one and three nothing in Colorado in the second period in Game 5 and came back to win an overtime game in Game 5. So Game 6 back in St. Louis. I do expect it to be Edmonton and Colorado in the in the Western Conference Final. And I think you're going to have a Tampa Bay-Colorado Stanley Cup Final in the hockey. Speaking of hockey, Vasilevsky is the goalie for the Lightning, is quickly becoming a Mount Rushmore type of goalie. He is going to be a Hall of Famer. What a job this guy's done. This guy's won... 10 straight playoff series on the way to their third straight cup, potentially. He's won 19 consecutive playoff games following a loss. This guy's just an elite Hall of Fame goalie. Andre Vasilevsky, if you haven't paid attention, you should because he's an all-time great developing right in front of your eyes and he's still in his prime. So um, not just saying that because he's a Tampa guy, but because it's the truth. He is just an unbelievable playoff goalie, unbelievable regular season goalie. He'll definitely be a Hall of Famer and is trying to win the third straight cup here in Tampa. So um, before we get to Steve Carney again, happy or don't ha remember Memorial Day weekend. Remember, remember all the people that have given their, their life for us, for our freedoms, for our ability to talk about the things we talk about. Um, to do the things we do. So keep those people in your in your in your heart. And again, be nice to your neighbor. Be nice to people. Even if you don't like everybody, be respectful to everybody. You don't have to like everybody, but be respectful and at least be willing to have a conversation when it comes to hard things to talk about. And the gun the gun topic is a hard thing to talk about. We need to talk about it and we need to make some simple common sense actions. And put the onus on your political person to do that. And if they're unwilling to do that, we should give somebody else an opportunity who is willing to do that. Because we should not let 50, Congress, 50 senators or 100 senators dictate every facet of our life. And how we, especially when the vast, vast majority of American citizens on all sides of the ledger want these changes. All right. We'll be right back in just a minute with Steve Carney, Ray's Insider, Under the Orange Roof podcast host to talk all things Ray's and a little baseball chatter. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, 
vacation type home. Now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Again, remember, it's Memorial Day weekend. Make sure you thank somebody in your inner circle for their service. And we got a, we have a, a, a military veteran joining us right now, Mr. Steve Carney, Navy veteran. Thanks for your service, Mr. Carney. Appreciate that. And uh, Mr. Steve is uh, an insider for the Rays, does some work for MLB, covers the Florida State League as well, is also the host of the Under the Orange Roof podcast, which is about all things Tampa Bay Rays. So welcome back to the podcast, Steve. Thank you, Jason. And I appreciate it that you did not say happy Memorial Day. That's the one pet peeve that I have about the Memorial Day holiday. This is not a happy holiday. This is a solemn uh, remembrance type holiday. So so thank you. Thank you for remembering that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Again, thank you for your service. I know uh, I know you were you were a Navy guy, right? Yeah. Eight years in the Navy. Uh Six of them on active duty. I spent four years on the USS Theodore Roosevelt, which is an Nimitz class aircraft carrier as a nuclear power plant operator. So uh, I spent my butt in the engine room uh, sweating my uh, I I was a lot thinner then because I was sweating it all the way. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) So are you going to be are you going to be at the at the at the premiere of uh, Top Gun Maverick this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I was not much of a Top Gun fan, you know, uh, even growing up, like I was like, eh, Top Gun, I didn't care. And, and, and having worked on an aircraft carrier around yeah. those, uh, those planes, you know, I, I got a, a lot of respect for the people that work on the planes. Uh, you know, it was still kind of tough to be, you know, to, to look at the guys that actually fly the planes. Cause all I keep thinking of is Tom Cruise flexing, uh, at, at his buddies playing beach volleyball all filled up. So I, I mean, and, and that's, that's what pilots are like to me because they're kind of goofy. Uh, but I, I have a ton of respect for the people that actually work uh, on the aircraft. And so um, am I going to be, at, am I going to be watching Top Gun Maverick this weekend? I probably will wait until Monday because that's actually a day off for me, but uh, I, I have a feeling I'll be seeing it. Every, everybody that I've heard, that has seen it already thinks that it's fantastic. So, I mean, obviously it's got to be good. It's crazy because people, people don't realize this movie was made like three years ago. It was supposed to be released right before COVID, all that COVID yep. started. So it's been in the trailer in the, in the, in the trailer for like three years now. Yeah. It's been, it's, they've been waiting. They've been waiting. I, I'm, and you got to remember that the original Top Gun came out in 1986. Yep. So we're talking, we're talking about a, a movie that's 35 years old almost. Yeah, and right. so, 
it's amazing. It's amazing to see, uh, you know, Tom Cruise uh, reprise the role because that character is old now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some baseball. We're we're about the quarter pole here. Memorial Day is always kind of the first kind of mark of the calendar as far as baseball teams and such. Yep. Just give me your general thoughts as we get. Everybody's played about forty to forty-five games or so. Just give me your general thoughts of the first 40 or 45 games of the year. Um, well, the the first 40 to 45 games, to me, the I think some of the bigger surprises uh, have been, I mean, obviously, the health of the New York Yankees. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, did I think that the Yankees were going to be good? I certainly did. But I also thought, I did not think that they would remain healthy as long as they have. They have not had a significant injury uh, at all here this year. You know, Judge has stayed healthy. Stanton has stayed healthy. Rizzo has stayed healthy. Uh, their pitching staff has stayed healthy. The bullpen, for the most part, has stayed healthy. I know Chad Green uh, left a couple of days ago uh, due to injury, but they have had uh, a remarkable run, especially pitching-wise, uh, with their health because there are a lot of teams out there that are dealing with, with injury issues because of the fact that spring training was so short instead of getting six weeks to get everybody stretched out, it was like three weeks and go. And so I think teams really didn't realize how much that extra three weeks means to a pitcher. So uh, the fact of the ma- the fact that the Yankees have been this healthy uh, is been very surprising. I think, uh, looking on the National League side, obviously, uh, and, and I know that you want to get into more about the Mets, so I will leave the Mets uh, away from this. But uh, I really do think that, uh, you know, I once again, here we are. It's the National League West again. Yep. The Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants. This right. is going to be a slugfest again. Uh, and, you know, the Dodgers just keep, keep on trucking, but the Padres are keeping up this year and the the Giants uh, once again are, are, you know, the talk. So I I just think that the National League West is going to be so much fun to watch this year. And if, and for anybody that has MLB TV, you know, it's great to have uh, an opportunity to watch those late games. um, The game of the year year was a couple nights ago, Mets and Giants. Oh yeah. The 13, 12 game. I mean, unbelievable. What an amazing performance by Jock Peterson that night. That was, was, that was awesome. It was incredible. I was, it was eight, two, it was eight, two giants. Then it was 11 to eight Mets. And then it was 11 to 11. Then it was 12 to 11. Then it was 13, 12, all in nine. And it didn't even go to extra innings all in nine innings. Yeah. The only problem with that game is I know that commissioner Manfred does uh, is like, that's the game that we don't want to talk about when it comes to pace of play. Right. That was a slow game. Right. Right. What do you think as far as the Yan- two things with the Yankees? Are they going to stick with Chapman or you think they're going to be in the market for a closer? Well, I mean, everybody's going to, you know, everybody is always looking to upgrade their pitching staff. There, there's no doubt in my mind that they're looking. The question becomes, you know, Chapman makes a lot of scratch. And I don't think that any team that has a decent closer is going to be willing to give them up because. I mean, you look at it, there's probably going to be, I don't know, three or four teams that will be looking to sell 
sure. before we get to the true crunch time in July. Um, you know, none of them really have closers. You know, nobody wants whoever is pitching the ninth inning for the Cincinnati Reds, right? Right. So uh, I, I think it's going to be very, very, you know, nobody wants who's pitching the ninth inning for Washington. Right. Uh, so I, I really do think it's going to be tough for them to try and find a closer early. And by the time that the teams that are going to be in the market to sell and are willing to sell come July, you know, the market for, for closers and for pitching in general is always marked up uh, in July. It's always a lot tougher to get a good pitcher because everybody wants a good pitcher. The, the teams that are looking to sell are the ones who are in the driver's seat. So they can ask for the moon. And so uh, I think, I think they'll look, I don't think they'll find, and I think you're going to have to stick with Chapman. And that's not a bad thing. The world is Chapman is having a stretch where he has not been very good, but he's a good pitcher and he'll figure it out. That's right. That's right. Speaking of the Yankees, last thing about the Yankees, your thoughts on the whole Donaldson and Tim Anderson kind of dust up and blow up and, you know, like you said, the Yankees have avoided injury problems, but this is more of a club could be a clubhouse problem moving forward, depending on how it's handled. Yeah. I think, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Um, Josh Donaldson. I don't know Josh Donaldson very well, but from what I've seen on the outside, Josh Donaldson doesn't look like he's a very good teammate or or he can be kind (laughs) of toxic. uh, If you know what I mean, I, I really do think, that uh, that's going to be an issue for the Yankees because if you have somebody toxic in your clubhouse, you know, and and he's gone through Oakland, Toronto, Minnesota, now with the Yankees or Atlanta, yeah. Minnesota, and now with the Yankees. Yeah, you know, you you start to wonder, you know, what's what's really going on with this dude, and you know, I I'm very curious. Um, to see how the Yankees handle it, because let's face it, you know, come on. Tim Anderson, yes, he's loud, he's brash, but everybody that I know that has played with Tim Anderson, you know, calls him like the ultimate teammate. You know, I don't hear guys calling Josh Donaldson that. So, you know, so right now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, that this is a, this is a, an issue with the Yankees, and it may be one of the few issues that they have uh, as long as they stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that big of, uh, of an issue on the field. You know, we'll see what, it's like, what it does to the chemistry in the clubhouse. Right. All right, let's get to your, let's get to, to your, your expertise, the Rays. Another good start. Um, you know, a couple things just from the outside looking in. You, you would wonder they've blown a couple leads late in some games here lately, yeah. the bullpen, some games they should win against some bad teams. Just your overall thought about the race roster and, and such. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, whereas the, the Yankees have not had to deal with a whole lot of injury issues, the Rays have had to deal with a lot uh, and to be nine games over 500 and, and having the number of man games missed by this team. When it, when you're thinking about, you know, Shane Boss has missed the entire season so far. Now, it looks like he is going to be, he is close to returning. He's on his rehab assignment. He's eligible to come off the injured list, I believe, June 6th. And if he's not off on June 6th, I think it's going to be close for him uh, to be back on June 6th. Yep. Uh, they got one inning out of Luis Patino 
uh, this year. Uh, he is a little further behind when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to his injury status. So it may still be a while before we see him. Uh, they lost JT Chargois early. They've lost Brandon Lau. They've lost Manuel Margot. Right. You know, Wander Franco has had the, the leg issues. Uh, Andrew Kittredge now has the back issue. You know, they've had a lot of problems uh, when it comes to injury. And to be where they are and to be within striking distance, because let's face it, they're four and a half games out. Uh, they haven't seen the Yankees yet this year. They still have 19 games to play against them. Right. Uh, you know, because the Yankees, you can say they've got this great record. You know, they've played the Orioles. 10 times already. Right. So I look at it um, that, you know, they've got an opportunity here to still be within striking distance and, and to have all these games head to head remaining. I think they're in good shape, uh, especially when they start getting some of these guys back. They got Manuel Margo back on, on Wednesday. They're going to get Shane Boz back here soon. Um, they're going to get, Brandon Lau at some point, I, you know, he still has an, uh, at least a couple of weeks uh, while he's shut down before they reevaluate him for his back issues. Uh, they, they've got to get some of these guys back. But right now, the way things stand, they're certainly they've done a great job of having, you know, worked around them, you know, stretching out Jeffrey Springs to starters length. You know, I don't think yep. any of us thought that Jeffrey Springs would be the answer in the rotation, but he has. Um, I don't think anybody thought that Jalen Beeks would come back from Tommy John surgery looking as, as strong right. as he has. I don't think anybody thought that Colin Poucher coming back from Tommy John surgery would look as strong as he has. So two, they've done a good job. With that. Yep. Two guys that have been super impressive for the Rays. And, and, and McClanahan is really stepping forward as a number one. And Rasmussen has done a great job kind of being the number two guy, just your thoughts on those two guys at the top of the rotation. Yeah. I think a lot of us thought that McClanahan would be the guy to take the mantle as number one. He's got the mindset and, and obviously the physical uh, stuff that he has is just absolutely incredible. But um, the fact of the matter is, is he has done a, an incredibly good job of adjusting in inning, you know, any, almost any starting pitcher, can go into the dugout after an inning and go, okay, this is what I need to change. Right. McClanahan is a guy that can do that while he's on the mound. And it does not take a lot. You know, it takes a mound visit, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if to, to get the catcher in the right, uh, the, the right, uh, you know, on the right wavelength or, you know, and you get Kyle Snyder, the, the pitching coach in there to, to kind of hash things out in a 30 second span. But he's the guy that can really that's done a really good job of making adjustments in in the middle of an inning to to limit damage you know when they get guys on and I think that's been a really good job. Drew Rasmussen, you know, for a guy that you know really is a two pitch pitcher, has has really done a good job of differentiating the the fastball and the off speed. He throws the fastball up, he throws the the breaking ball down, and uh, I think that. The stuff is good. Is is that good that he can pitch with two pitches and get you five innings? Now, Drew's not going to go seven or eight innings like McClanahan will because McClanahan's got the stuff. But, um, you know, having two pitches and getting five innings, you know, or five and a third innings out of him, I think is a, is a great thing to have 
and, and you know, the, they can move him down a little bit when once Shane Boz comes back and takes over the mantle, because I think Boz is going to end up being the number two, and then you've got Rasmussen at three, right. Springs at four, and, and a bullpen Corey Kluber. Kluber, no, you got Corey Kluber right. at five. Right. So uh, those are your, those would be your five, and I think that you use Ryan Yarbrough uh, as the as the long relief guy, or you use him if you want to get these guys an extra day of rest. And I think that's going to be really crucial here. While uh, rosters are at twenty six, you know that's when you go. Okay, this is where we use Jalen Beeks for two, Ryan Yarbrough for four, and that right. and as a as a sixth time through the rotation to get everybody an extra day of rest. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. Again, the Rays are doing a great job. The Yankees coming to town Memorial Day weekend. Um, again, hopefully they'll we'll get some, any update on the stadium situation? Not, not so much uh, on a new stadium. I do know that uh, the four games here in St. Petersburg, uh, there are going to be a lot of people there. They've already, uh, they've sold out Saturday. I believe they're close to selling out Sunday. Good. Uh, Thursday, Thursday is going to be a little light, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think are going to be, a uh, couple of the biggest, uh, you know, a couple of the biggest crowds of the year, obviously opening day sold out. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple of other uh, weekend games that have been pretty well attended, but, uh, but yeah, these are probably going to be the four, the four biggest games in a row all, all together. And again, if you're the, if you're the rage, you just don't want to get swept. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're four and a half games out going into the, into the weekend. Just as long as you don't get swept, you're still in it. Um, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to get eight or nine, 10 games out, but yeah, you want, you want to, you, you want to, win. obviously you want to win the series and you want to take three out of four, but you look at who the Yankees are, are throwing in these four games. You're going to see Nestor Cortez right. uh, in the first game. You're going to see Garrett Cole. You're going to see right. Severino. Um, and you're going to see Jameson Tyon, uh, Tyon in the second game, Cole right. in the third game, uh, Severino in the fourth game. That's a really tough yeah. ask <laughs> to, yeah. to, get, to try and get three. Now, uh, do do the Rays have what it takes to get three out of four? I think they do, um, but I I think that if as long as you split, you should be happy because you're not losing any ground. And yes, you lost four days on the schedule, but you, as you mentioned, it's Memorial Day. It's the first signpost of the season. I I use Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day uh, as your signposts to go. Okay, this is what this is who we are. This is what we need. Yep. And, and that's where you find it. Cool. All right. Uh, let's go to the, let's go to the National League real quick. Let's, let's hit on the Mets and Buck Showalter. Great job by Showalter taking over that team, new ownership. They've got an influx of money. They've been without DeGrom the whole year and without, they're going to be without Scherzer for a while. Just your thoughts on the Mets and Buck Showalter. Yeah. I, they got out to that great start. And now, now it's the question is going to be, can the, can the pitching hold it for them? Um, as you mentioned, DeGrom has the stress reaction in the shoulder. Uh, apparently, he is getting close uh, to returning. Scherzer with the oblique uh, missing six to eight weeks to grade two strain, which is the uh, middle of the three strains. Right. And so, you know, grade three is a full tear. So, right. Um, but I, I really do think that, you know, it's going to be, you know, can what they have. Uh, left in the bullpen, hang on. Um, I think it. I think they can, and I think that for them, they're the ones that are going to be more likely to go out and get a pitcher right yes. now. If yes. if they, if anybody is looking for pitching, it's obviously the New York Mets because you know as much as 
you know, I like Carlos Carrasco and I like Taiwan Walker, you know, you, they need someone else. And there's actually a guy that I think that they could go out and get. And I think they could probably get rather, I, I don't want to say it's inexpensive, but I don't think they would have to give up a lot in order to, to get him because he's not in the rotation right now, actually pitching quite well, but he plays for a team that is so, you know, so overflowing with their riches that I, that I think that they could deal this pitcher and still be in, in great shape. And that is you go to the Dodgers and go, what's it going to take to get David price? Yeah. You know, David, David's not in their rotation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's making, this is the final year of his uh, seven year deal. Right. And, and I really do think that, you know, you can take, you can take on the rest of that contract. It's going to be, somewhere in the vicinity of about $20 million. Um, Cohen can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying Stevie Cohen, he's already in the top. He's already in the top bracket for the, yes. for the luxury tax. So what the hell, you know, go on, take, take right. on a little bit more money, go and take on David Price's contract yep. and use David as a starter. Um, and he's, he's, I, I don't know if he's fully stretched out, but even if he's, stretched Not. out to say three takes innings him a month takes him a month to get stretched out no well it'll take if he stretched out to three innings it'll take him two weeks right I, i'm i'm good with that and yeah. go out and get david and and use him to try and stay ahead in the national league east and you know Ian, you don't have to worry about him hitting um you know i don't i don't see why that that doesn't happen it makes a ton of sense no you're right that's a great that's a great point because that's a like you said, the do even though the, we all think the Dodgers are all about money, 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 if you can get $20 million off the, off, the, off the salary cap for a guy that you're not really using, I know he's an insurance policy for the Dodgers and for, you know, but you're right, that, that'd be a good move. And he's got, you know, with obviously tons of postseason experience. Yeah. And you you want to say, can he, can, he, can he give us three good months? That's all you're looking for is three good months. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, then, and then you can and – then, and then he becomes your insurance policy. Right. I, right. I, I, it makes, a, it makes so much sense. And, and then the Dodgers are able to take, you know, the $20 million that they'll have saved by moving David price. And they can use that. Get two at more the, guys. At the they and they can get use two more guys at the deadline. Correct. Yeah. Um, all right. So you cover the Florida state league as part of your duties with MLB, the Yankees in the Florida state league, making some history with the first female manager. Yeah. Give me a little, give me a little background. Do you know her at all? She's, yeah, Rachel Rachel Balkovec. I've I've done a number of games that uh, that she has managed. Um, and re remember, fans, the Yankees minor league affiliates here in Tampa. So we're all here in Tampa. So we're right around the corner from. Yeah, from yeah. I've I've watched the Tampa Tarpons quite a bit. Um, uh, when they come to Dunedin, when they come to Clearwater, because those are the two teams that I'm really, uh, you know, those the, that's where I'm based is uh, on the other side of the of the Tampa Bay region. So I do. Clearwater, which is the Phillies affiliate and Dunedin, which is the Blue Jays affiliate. But uh, the Tampa Tarpons have come here uh, to both cities uh, already this uh, this year yep. during the summer. Um, I think she's going to be a, a really good manager. Um, she's done a really good job this year. They've had uh, obviously uh, their number one prospect, the Yankees number one prospect, uh, Jason Dominguez, the outfielder, uh, has been here in Tampa. Um, and they've been very, very careful with him, I should say. Um, they they usually will give him 
they, they'll play them three days and then give them a day off. And so in a six game series, and that's what the minor league series are this year, it's you play oh. six days in a row and then you have Mondays off. Okay. So, Interesting. So it's six game series uh, here in the Florida state league. So like he'll come to Dunedin, he'll play three days. He'll get a day off usually on Friday. And then, um, and then he'll play Saturday and Sunday and then get the day off on Monday and, and then repeat. So, um, but she's done a really good job. The, the one thing that I will say is that the Tampa Tarpons have a boatload of swing and miss in them right now, because already twice this year, I saw them set a new uh, minor league record for strikeouts in a game in Clearwater. They struck out 22 times and did not walk. And the, the record of course was 20, uh, but they struck out 22 times uh, in a nine inning game. And then in Dunedin, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw them strike out 24 times in a nine inning game. There is a lot of swing and miss on that. And that in that single A team, and that's to be expected. What is her, what is her background? Is she from the scouting background? Is she, a, you know, wh- where did, how did she get her rise in the Yankee organization? Um, she obviously was a college softball player, um, but she has, uh, she's been very good with the, they, they brought her in to do player development in 2019, I want to say. And then in 2020, she spent time in the, uh, um, the alternate site, uh, the alternate training site, working, working with players, uh, development wise. And so they said, you know what? You've done a great job in player development. We're going to give you a shot. And they, they allowed her to be uh, the first uh, manager. I, I, I want to say that she was doing uh, uniform stuff in the minors in 2021. Um, but then this year they said uh, at, at the higher levels, I, I forget if it was at Somerset or, or in uh, uh, Scranton that she right. was working. Okay. Um, but then they said, you want to manage? And they, they allowed her to be the manager here this year. She's done a great job um, controlling the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do. She's, she's a tough cookie. Uh, you know, we know in spring training, she got hit uh, in, on the head with, with a foul ball. And uh, so she's a, she, <laughs> she really, she's a, she's a tough cookie. And uh, she doesn't put up with any guff because I think she could bench press most of those guys. <laughs> All right, we're at the quarter, Paul. Who, who's who's the, um, in your opinion, who's the best team in the league? I mean, obviously, uh, I, I would forget, say. Forget record. Who do you think's the best team? Forget their record. Oh, right the now. Dodgers, then. The Dodgers. Okay. Uh, they are so thick at every position. It's, it's unbelievable that you can put together uh, a roster like that and make it work. And, and, and for some reason, you know, these guys actually like playing with each other. So, um, you know, because normally you get that many huge contracts together and you right. get and you get headbutting. You, know, you get the egos uh, get involved. Right. Uh, there's very little ego on that team as well, which is amazing to think because you have Freddie Freeman and Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. You know, Betts is a former MVP. Bellinger is a former MVP. Freeman is the MVP of World Series. I, you know, I, I look at it. They are uh, they are very, very. Uh, they're, they're, they're very cohesive, which right. is, which is an amazing thing to say for uh, a team that gets brought together so quickly. So uh, yeah, for me, it's the Dodgers. There you go. All right. Tell everybody where they can find your work and all that kind of good stuff online. All right. You can find me. I am at Steve Carney on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, stp9.com is the website where we talk all things Rays. Uh, the Under the Orange Roof podcast, of course, that you mentioned, uh, more Rays uh, talk as well, uh, available wherever you get your favorite podcasts and a full archive at stp9.com. Keep up the great work, Steve. Again, thank you for your service. Have a, have a good Memorial Day weekend. Go Rays. Let's get what, what is it a four a wraparound? It is, yeah, Thursday through Sunday. Thursday to Sunday. S- sounds like Saturday's pretty sold out, but if you're lo- still looking for tickets, I'm sure you can go to raise.com, the Rays online and buy tickets. And uh, good, good eventful series. The first visit of the Yankees. There'll be a lot of Yankee fans in the crowd, I'm sure, but it'll be a very festive and very spirited crowd, I'm sure, over the, in the truck. The good, the good thing about uh, Yankee fans being in the, uh, in the ballpark is when the Rays win, uh, they go home disappointed, and that is always <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> and yeah, and speaking of the Yankee fans, what a disgrace earlier in the year throwing the trash on the field in the Indy. They had a little dust up with the Indian or the Guardians, all that. Trust stuff. me, I, I I've done the same. I've made the same mistake, which is uh, yeah. hilarious. It's I like, owe five bucks. I owe five bucks to the pot for the <laughs> for the. But uh, all right, Steve, have a great weekend, and we'll talk soon, my man. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.